This is not all the elders. Um, There are some that are not here. This is all of the uh, elected elders that are currently on the session. Um, Some are traveling, but we do have an elder emeritus, uh, Bob Wood. Bob, stand up for a second in the back. This is not official, but basically they keep Bob Wood on the session so that they're nice. Um, at least that's, that's my take on it. All right, uh, let me just quickly tell you where this came about. Uh, every year at this time in my class, um, I take a class and I teach on uh, elders in the scriptures. I do that very intentionally because this is a very important, significant aspect in the life of our church. Uh, And so after you do that for a few years as a teacher, you're like, how can I freshen this up? And um, the idea came to me, well, let's just bring some of the elders in here and talk to them. And it was the best lesson I ever did. Interesting, huh? I stopped talking and it's a great lesson. But anyway, uh, so, so many of the people in my class just really enjoyed hearing from the elders. I shared this with the staff And the idea was, well, let's do this next year during uh, uh, nomination and election time. So um, I invited some of the current, all of these men are currently elected and serving on the session. Now, the first thing I want you to do really quickly, gentlemen, is just move down the line, name, you can give your spouse's name, and how many years in total have you been serving as an elder? My name's Tom Jordan. Is it on? Yeah, you're good. Make sure they're on, guys. My name's Tom Jordan. Uh, My shy, introverted wife is Karen in the back. We have three grown children, six grandchildren. So I've been serving for 24 years. Good. All right, do it real quick down the line. Eric Krigler, my wife is Ouija. We have three daughters, and this is my third year on the session. Greg Bundy, my uh, my wife's name is Jill Bundy, and we have four daughters, and this is my first year on the session. Chris Taylor, my wife is Melissa. Uh, we've got one in college and, uh, and one across the street at Houston High School. And this is my third year. Hey, Carl Elliott, uh, my wife, Jean. Uh, most of you know her better than me. Uh, two kids that are grown on their own. And I've, this is my fourth term on the session, so I think like 15 years. My name is Wayne Mashburn. Sheila, 42 years, is my wife. I've been serving 24 years, and I'm currently in the third year, my three-year term. (laughs) Rick Smith, my wife is Adrian. We have four kids, and this is my first year to serve, and I'm in the first year of the first term. Dennis Wright, my lovely bride is Sherry. We have two kids, Hunter Brandon, and this is my eighth year to serve, and I'm rolling off this year. After eight years? <laughs> Something's wrong with that math. Well, I'll explain it in a minute. Keep, keep, keep the mic moving. I'll explain it. I'll explain it. Uh, I'm Brad Smith. Uh, my wife, Kathy, and I cannot sing. Um, she's the only one in the family that can. Um, we have two boys who grew up here that are grown and, and are now elsewhere. But uh, this is my third term. I'm in my um, eighth year. Good evening. I'm Jeff Nevels. My wife is Sue. We have four grown children, all working and paying taxes. And I'm in the first year of my second term. 
I'm Bill Gurner, my wife, Beth. I'm really not sure she's my wife because she fainted in our wedding for 30 minutes. I think she said I do. I think we're married. And I have, I have three kids. I have Will, who used to be a member here. He's in Birmingham right now, and he has uh, four kids. And Lisa Solopec, married to Joey, they have three kids. And Amy Lipscomb, who goes here, she has three kids. So I have three kids and 10 grandkids, and we're just happy to be here tonight. I'm Clark Kelsey, and uh, my wife's Fran, and we have uh, three kids, and I'm into my second year of my first term. I'm Floyd Harvey, my wife Shirley. Uh, we have one son and one granddaughter, and then I'm in my 24th year as being an elder, I believe. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Let me take just a moment and explain a few things. Um, uh, one of the things that these men represent are what we in our bylaws describe as ruling elders, okay? Uh, in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17, we read, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. And so what you have here is in the scripture um, a specialization, if you will, of elders. There are some elders who rule, and there are some elders whose main function is preaching and teaching. So the uh, men that you are nominating and electing for the office of elder, it's the office of ruling elder, okay? Now, a couple other things I want you to be aware of is we have a rotating session. Um, several of these men mentioned different numbers. They even said the second year of my first term or something like that. Here's the reason for that. You nominate men for the office of elder. Then you elect uh, out of whoever's been nominated five men. Five men will roll off. There's five open spaces. And they serve for three years and then have to roll off. Now, the congregation, you all, can once again nominate them and elect them again, but just because you've served one three-year term does not mean that you will automatically serve another three-year term. The process is always the same every year. The congregation has to identify who God has raised up, nominate, and elect them, okay? Now, one other thing I want you to make sure you're aware of is the work of ruling has been um, organized by the session into what is called zones. Um, there are four zones that function. So um, there's an administration zone, and I, I believe there's just one elder who currently serves on the admin zone. So Wayne and a staff member, Brent, uh, work and deal with the administrative things. There's a worship zone. Is there two of you all that serve on the worship? Floyd and I are doing special music this Sunday. Yeah. Oh, no. No, you're not. Oh, no, you're not. Jim Umloff has got way too... No, that won't happen. Anyway, those two brothers uh, meet with Jim regularly. Every, every zone has, like, has a staff liaison uh, to uh, deal with all things that are in dealing with the worship aspect. There's a discipleship zone. I think there's six of you all on it. We don't need to know, but there's six on it. And the evangelism zone, there's six. Um, 
So I'm the staff liaison for the evangelism. Randy Carstens is a staff liaison for the discipleship zone. One of the things, y'all, y'all don't know how beautiful this whole body works and functions. Um, I've got other friends that are pastors and we talk about this and they're all jealous of the way our church functions um, for several reasons. You'll hear about some of that tonight. But what ends up happening is uh, a zone, I, I'm, I deal with the evangelism zone, so I see it. The brothers on the evangelism zone will, will deal with a topic and it may take multiple meetings and they will dialogue and pray and think and investigate. And then the evangelism zone will take their findings back to the entire session with a recommendation, and the entire session will then uh, address, deal with, agree upon a course of action. So the zones function very, very, very well. The work, the uh, nitty-gritty is done down in the zone, and then the session as a whole can rely upon the, the work of the zone. If you've got more questions about that, ask these men. They can explain it better. But now what we really want to talk about is um, some of the questions that I sent around. Um, what I did is I came up with a list of questions and sent them around, and we'll let two or three elders kind of address a question, not all of you, because we'd be here forever. Uh, and there is dessert, and I know how much we all like dessert. So uh, let me start with a couple of these. Um, maybe two or so of you describe what is the time commitment involved with being an elder? How many meetings and how much time does this office and the way you serve this church take up? Yeah, I would, I would say that uh, certainly Wednesday, Wednesdays and Sundays are really busy days for, from a meeting perspective, but it's really the, the thought and prayer time that goes into it is, is more the time uh, commitment more than anything else. It's, it's not the meetings itself, uh, maybe a couple hours a week. Okay. Thank you, Greg. Somebody else? Be bashful, men, because that really makes this work well. Somebody jump in there. <clears throat> give, give us an idea of how much time. Yeah, it, it's, it's certainly manageable. I mean, the, the session meetings, we meet once for, what, two hours? Um, but it's manageable. I mean, you know, there's, there's discussions outside of the session meetings, but the official stuff is not really that much of a burden. It's okay. actually enjoyable. Good. Uh, I'm going to throw this is off, off my cuff, but would you say because of the zone structure... That, that, that is more efficient and uses some of the time better? Not, not, if you're going to nod, nod really where they can see. Okay, good. Wait, there you go. All right. Um, a couple of you all answer this. Uh, what aspect of being an elder have you enjoyed the most? Well, I'll say one of the, uh, the joys is getting to know the, the family of God, the family that's sitting right here, and you get to walk alongside people during times of celebration and also uh, challenging times as well. So just getting to know you has been my greatest joy. Okay. Somebody else? It's been a teaching thing, a learning thing for me, really, from Dr. Young's leadership to Bob Wood's wisdom to all the old guys. <laughs> like the book, actually, they're on the book end. They're the bookends. I mean, there's a lot of wisdom and discernment and, and uh, knowledge from those guys. So it's it's been a... It's been a learning experience for me. Okay. One, one more of you. Answer that question. What's been one of the most, uh, one of the aspects you've enjoyed the most? I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I think 
planning, seeing what God wants us to do, planning it and seeing it happen. Hmm. It's been a great joy. What it's been, I've worked with the athletic ministry most of my years. <clears throat> to see that, all the planning that was done, the praying that was done, to see God move and the things that have fallen in place in that. What a great joy to be part of that for us. Okay, good. All right, let me throw this one out. Um, what burdens you the most about being an elder? I guess I'll, uh, maybe I'll tackle that one first. Um, I think to think that there's not um, another group of folks that are looking over that issue, that mm-hmm. you're, you know, that buck stops here kind of mentality or thought um, is a little bit, it's kind of scary and humbling at the same time. Um, the staff are excellent and great and they do, you know, great jobs, but they're kind of, they're in their zone or they're, they're kind of silo, if you will. And, uh, to think that we're kind of looking over the whole thing that, that if we're not addressing it, then no one else is. Mm. Okay. Somebody else, what, what burdens you? Uh, I would, I would say the shepherding of the flock, right? We are going to be held responsible, uh, the Bible says so, for shepherding this flock. And that's a, that's a pretty heavy responsibility um, to take into consideration. Um, go, go for it, Wayne. Go, answer. Uh, yeah, what I was going to say is that uh, I make decisions uh, in my lifetime for business. Uh, I've been in the private sector and had some degree of success. I've been in the public sector where I've been elected and uh, have typically been at the helm of the ship where I'm making decisions. And if I mess up and make a wrong decision today, maybe the bottom line doesn't look as good as it should. Maybe uh, a product doesn't quite have the pizzoom or pizzazz that we want. But when we're making decisions, I feel a real burden that if I miss this mark, if I don't help put the right ministries in the right people's hands so that we can mature Christians to reach an unchurched world, that you're going to influence your sphere of of, uh, influence you have, then I'm really accountable. That is a huge burden that uh, I could mess up. Lose a few million dollars, that's okay. Don't lose a soul. (laughs) Hey, I'm going to make a comment here. I hope you're comforted by hearing the leaders that God has put in place uh, articulate such a right biblical perspective on the burden. Um, It is an awesome responsibility. Y'all, this is one thing I say in my class all the time. We have a responsibility as a congregation to be praying for the leaders that God has raised up. I'm going to say that again. We have a responsibility to be praying for the leaders that God has raised up to oversee us. One of the things that I pray, I wouldn't say every Sunday, but almost every Sunday when I'm praying uh, in my class is I thank God for the elders that he has raised up. Uh, That ought to be something that's on us all the time. Thank you, man. Okay, let's jump to another question. Anybody else want to talk about the burden? Y'all good with that? Okay. Um, All right, I love this question personally. What do you wish every church member understood about being an elder? You guys have got a mic. 
You've got them in front of you. What do you wish they would know? Um, I, I think uh, one thing I'd, I'd like to communicate is partially what, what Wayne was talking about, how seriously everybody uh, takes the decisions that we make, but also um, how this group works together and the culture of the group where there's a real unity uh, on the session. Um, there's a mutual respect on the session. It is not a situation that's real political where people are trying to, you know, count votes and do that. It's really, um, it's really been a blessing to be able to see it work over the last couple, three years and how um, the various people go through uh, making decisions where we come into a room having uh, different opinions, different viewpoints, and how we work through those over time, pray about it, we're willing to stop and not take a vote if people aren't on board, and and really try to do a lot of things just with, with unity in mind. Okay. Um, I want to come back to that in just a minute, but what else would anybody else like to make sure the congregation knows about being an elder? I was going to say something, Jonathan, but it, it, it's kind of piggybacking on Eric that uh, we bring debate to the discussions. It's it's not a bunch of guys being nice to each other, although y'all are pretty nice to, <laughs> most of the time, but there are differences of opinion, and we wrestle through those. Uh, we do it in the meeting. Sometimes uh, we will postpone a decision so people can have the opportunity to pray and uh, offer further input and Sometimes we do that by email. Sometimes uh, we just wait till the next meeting. But uh, we we don't come into these weighty things that have been discussed and we're all in agreement right off the bat. Uh, there is hard effort and work and discussion and trying to really distinguish the, the right path that God is uh, showing among us, seeking the unity that Eric mentioned. Um, since we've got two of them that have commented on that, that, that was a real huge theme that came out in my class a year ago. Um, some of you all that have been on the session longer, maybe, or served uh, more years, uh, describe some of the process of how that unity and how that debate and how that discussion comes about. <laughs> Tom, they're all saying you're the oldest guy here, but I'm not sure that's right. Uh, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, over the years, we've had a lot of various situations where we haven't agreed uh, when it first came out. Um, I think the biggest thing on the session from for the years that I've been on, which has been since the beginning of the church, um, is our desire... To, to know that the Holy Spirit's not going to lead part of the session one way and part of the session the other way. And so if we have conflict or we can't seem to determine what to do, we've tabled it. We've given ourselves a month to pray. We've told Bob Wood to pray. <laughs> um, and um, it, it's very interesting that when we come back the next month or, or two months later or even three months later, that some of the differences have dissolved and we, we either understand what someone else was saying when we were the one disagreeing or vice versa. And at the, at the end of the day, 
uh, over all the years, I, I would like to say that we've had extraordinary amount of unity among the session. It has been a great blessing to me to be involved with men uh, that know the word of God, that, that feel that they're being led by the spirit of God, and that we have great unity. We are very, very serious, and we laugh um, a lot also. And it's just a great mixture. But I think the, the, the best part about being on the session for me is my interaction with these brothers in situations where on the front end, I didn't particularly agree with the way they wanted to lead. Um, and after, after prayer and after asking God and the Holy Spirit to, to show me, me uh, where he wants to go, that we get back into the session room. I mean, it's not wonderful to get back in after two or three months of praying and go, okay, well, that's fine. Uh, we still have that discussion. But at the end, God has granted us over all these years an extraordinary amount of unity. And for that, I bless his name. Wow. Tom, anybody else? I would say, and going back to your question before, too, part of the burden okay. is uh, as we're making decisions, we are our mission statements, reaching the unchurched through maturing believers. So how are we best doing that? Growing Christians and then sharing our faith in Jesus. So that, and then ultimately, the responsibility that we have, we're going to have to answer to, to God. So it is a, a burden from that standpoint. It's a very serious business, and we take it very seriously in our meetings, our prayer, and trying to have a unanimous decision uh, among us. So we take it very seriously. Good. Anybody else have anything they want to add? I was yeah, just going to add one thing to that. Um, <clears throat> About 11 years ago, when I first came on the session, I asked to see a copy of the bylaws. And um, they had not been really updated since the church began. There were like two paragraphs. <laughs> so we put together a group committee of us to put together the, by- the bylaws. And so much of what we're saying right here about how decisions are made, if you read through our bylaws, you will see uh, how that's actually been placed into places in that document that protect not just where we are today, but protect where the church might be 10 years from now, 20 years from now. That's a common discussion that we have when we talk about policy or decisions that we make, is that we want to be sure that we are um, protecting grace of man for the future. So get a copy of the bylaws, and you'll learn an awful lot about uh, the heart and minds of these wise men that have served this church for 24, 25 years. I think it takes a little bit more time than what we talked about because you have uh, budgets that you have to go through. You have financial statements. You also deal with a lot of different things, church discipline. Uh, you have issues come up that we have to deal with, and, and we have to be unified on that. So it takes a lot of time outside of the meeting to get prepared for the meeting. And sometimes there's things go, that goes on that we have to deal with that are not pleasant, but... This group has been able to work through them, and we've done a good job doing it. And we also, every one of these men have the, have the same thing. They want to uh, do what's best for the church. They want to protect it, and they want to make it grow, and they want to spread the word. So there's a lot of dedication, and everybody approaches it differently. But like Floyd said, at the end, we all come together. All right, this is not a question I gave you on your sheet. 
but I'm really kind of going to going to pick up on some of the things that you all are saying. Uh, you know, all of us in certain capacities are decision makers. Um, some of us have broader areas than others as far as the amount of decisions we make or the amount of power we hold or the position in our business or things like that. So you've got uh, uh, 15 men. Bob Elder Emeritus is on there. Dr. Young is on the, sits on the session as a teaching elder. So you've got a lot of um, uh, minds, a lot of personalities, a lot of experiences. Um, uh, you know, certain of you all have been in situations where this is what I want, this is what happens. You're just able to make decisions and direct it. Um, what is it or what are some of the things that, that, that you do as an elder um, to make sure that you are listening to the other brothers and striving to be unified? And because a lot of times that, that this is probably a very unique role in your business life or your family life or other areas. So I didn't give you a heads up on this, but what are some things that you do individually or personally mindsets you take as you approach the work of the church? Well, I, I can say as the, the youngest elder. <laughs> you, mean, that, you mean newest or like youngest? Like that. that to, to come on board um, and see a group of men that love this church. And then to see 26 years of, I think Floyd said, just wonderful blessing of God um, is extremely humbling and to, to think that, you know, the one thing I was really kind of surprised by when I got on the session was there's not a man or a group of individual or group of a uh, couple of them or that that are vying for power. Um, there are not, um, everybody I really do feel has a mutual respect for everybody's opinion. And um, you, you could taste that within the first meeting or two. So I think knowing that and seeing that, those are, you know, you're, I guess it's kind of self-realizing that, you know, this is, there's some wisdom on this board and, and that kind of thing. Greg, you know, Go ahead, Dennis. Oh, go ahead, Dennis. Well, we're sinful men. Um, and God, his, his church, the gospel of Jesus Christ is going to be advanced whether we're on this board or not. So it's a privilege for us to, to be here. It's, it's almost comical in a sense. Um, I wish there was one elder, me. It would be so much easier for the sinful desires... <laughs> to be able to just make all the decisions myself and not have to work. But it, it's, I need this. I mean, when you asked about a burden, I'm my biggest burden. I mean, yeah. my sin. So I've got to, I've got to be knowledgeable of what that is and where that can get in the way and let the Holy spirit work in me and work in these men. So, and it works in these men. I don't know if it does in me, but yeah. <laughs> and just to back that up, um, you know, we're fallible, and um, we all have blind spots. And I think, you know, with the plurality of leaders on the team, it helps to uncover some of those blind spots. I know I learn from each of these individuals on the team, and sometimes I might want to say something, and uh, I'll hold off just a little bit, and then I'll realize, you know what, that's a very good point that I haven't thought about, given my background or my experience and my spiritual journey. So the amount of time we spend 
in a book study or a Bible study at the beginning of every session meeting. And then the amount of time we spend in prayer, which is a significant amount of time before we do anything else. Um, for me, personally, to answer your question, there's no way to come out of that like charging out of the gate like I do at work, or we're going to go attack this thing. We're not attacking. I'm not attacking anything. You know, it, it, it is really humbling, and you've really got to take a step back. And, you know, these are serious, serious things we're, we're doing. And you listen to Bob Wood pray. You listen to Floyd pray. You listen to Greg Bundy pray. You, for me, I'm not jumping into anything. I mean, it, it, it just kind of sets the stage for the, for the meeting, to be honest with you. Okay, I'm going to piggyback on something. I don't know if you picked up what Chris said. The beginning of their monthly session meeting, is that the second Sunday of every month, I think it is? Um, these men, they are studying a book together. They pray together. Then they get to the agenda and the business of the church. Is that, is that right, guys? Mm-hmm. I can't tell you all, as a church member, as a staff member, thank you. That is, you know, the scripture tells us, follow the example. Is that not the example that we should follow? Let us go before the throne of God first before we begin to try and decide. So well done. Okay, we're, we're coming up on the end of the time here, but I got one more question I want to get out here. If you were giving a new elder advice, what would you tell him? <laughs> I'll say something real quick and then I'll, yeah, what, no. Um, I was scared when I first come on to the session. So, and I, I kind of feel like that was healthy. Um, be prepared to do the work of an elder because you're probably doing that anyway, right? But don't come with an agenda. Mm, good. Tom? <clears throat> be humble. Pour contempt upon any pride. One of the things that uh, I would encourage a new elder is that to realize this is a brotherhood and just because this is your first time here doesn't mean you don't have word. God has given you your word. You've hopefully been led by the Holy Spirit to be where you are to have accepted this position of responsibility. And just to be aware that you have great privilege with this but with great privilege does come real responsibility. And to please not be hesitant to voice your opinion after you've done the reflection, the studying, the prayer, and allowing the Holy Spirit to deal with you. One other thing that I would add quickly to this person is to realize that uh, Jimmy, Dr. Young, is a man. And he is not perfect, uh, as none of us are. (laughs) As none of us are, except Dennis. (laughs) But to listen to uh, Jimmy and realize there, at times, he may not be thinking exactly correctly. And it's a time to say, uh, no, I I don't agree. I think possibly you ought to look at it this way. I want to assure y'all. Jimmy does not run the session. He has always, always listened to us. And when we made a decision, it may not be one he liked, but he's always honored it. And he is willing to listen to us and know 
that he's got some men here that love God more than they love him, but they love him tremendous amount. So please just realize that we do not just have this individual up there directing things. Grace of Ann exists today because of God and only God. Amen. Yeah, go ahead. I, uh, I think what I would tell someone that came to me to ask about being an elder is the time commitment. Uh, make sure that you have the time to give to this church and to Christ, but you need to make sure that your family is willing to give up you for that time. Especially, you need to talk to your wife about it. You need to pray about it. Your wife, ne- your wife needs to pray about it because every one of the ladies that we introduced is sacrificing because they're giving us up on Tuesday mornings for me with worship zone. They're giving Wednesday before church or after church with discipleship zone. They're giving up um, afternoons or Saturdays with the uh, evangelism zone. Uh, and so it is, it's a sacrifice for the family and for the wives, just like a time-wise for the men. So you have to make sure that, that the family's on board, your wife is on board, uh, and that you're, the whole family is prayerfully considering maybe what God is asking you to do. Because it's going to take time, and there are going to be times that the family are, are going to want you to be somewhere on Sunday afternoon, and you're going to be over there in a session meeting from 2 to 4 or 4.30. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Let me make just one comment. Hey, Jonathan, oh, go ahead. All right. Go ahead. Here's my answer to that. Okay. I asked my wife, what should I do? And she said, whatever you do, be quiet at the first meeting. <laughs> Wise words. Wise words. Let me, let me mention one thing. These men serve this congregation and they serve us tremendously. And so do their families. Um, we need to be grateful for that. We need to pray for these brothers. Please, congregation, be engaged in this process right here. Be praying. Dr. Young has a note on that blue card. He gives you the scripture and he asks you to pray about this and to recognize the men that God is raising up. Do not squander your responsibility as a congregant here and be prayerfully engaged in the nomination and the election and then the ongoing prayer for these men and submission to them. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, You all, you can come ask them other questions if you need to. Let me close us in prayer and then we've got dessert, I think, coming, I hope, tonight. Let's, just, let's pray. Father, we humbly come before you and just say thank you. Thank you for your care for us as a body of believers. Thank you, Father, that we have all things in Christ. Father, um, you have blessed this congregation with unity in our leadership for so many years, and we recognize that that is a gift and a blessing from you. So we say thank you for it. We beg and we ask that you would continue to grant us that so that we can be fully focused and devoted to seeing a lost and dying world hear of the beauty of the gospel. Use us, Father, for that end because it glorifies you. Be with us this evening and take us home safely. We ask all these things in Christ's name. 
Amen. Thank you, brothers. Appreciate it.